What's up, everybody, and welcome to another week of Quest for Pixels Conversations. Today is February 7th, and this is episode 21. Today, 21. I'm joined by Mr. Mike. How are you doing today, Mike? I'm so good now that I don't have my hands covered in poop. <laughs> so the sickness has made it to your house, then, I take it? Oh, my goodness. The, um... Well, my youngest son turned five today. Mm -hmm. Today's his birthday, actually. And since Monday, he has been puking, and we figured out that we think it's because the other end is stopped up. Yeah. So I got the wonderful joy of parenthood of using a suppository tonight. That was... <laughs> That's always great. <sighs> so we had to, Jason, when he was, uh, like, the first six months of his life, he had horrible freaking problems with doing a deuce and uh i always just left that up to my wife i was like well i don't want him to hate me so you go ahead and give him that <laughs> suppository <laughs> oh man so it's nice to finally be back in town and off of freaking icy roads with bad drivers and uh seems like we got quite a bit to talk about today um uh, we can jump into our uh, jump into our weekend review. So, what have you been playing this week, Mike? Uh, well, I've been playing some Mario Kart and some Splatoon because we play a lot of Mario Kart. Mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but you know, today I actually picked back up um, Legend of Zelda. I figured, you know, the game's been out for almost a year. Might be about time I go and fight Ganon. Realized that I was horribly underprepared to even go into the castle area, so I might have to do some grinding. Yeah. Get myself some more uh, ancient equipment before I am ready to take on that castle. Yeah, dude, just, you know, getting to the castle or getting through the castle to Ganon feels like it's another, uh, it's like an addition to one of his forms. That's like, that was really complicated getting through all that. Plus, Other than that, though, I haven't been playing a whole lot. Yeah. Another thing, too, is if you're trying to do the compendium or whatever, and uh, you forget to take a picture, then you have to go back through there. <laughs> oh, man. Mm. No, yeah, so we did, uh, we playing Mario Kart, of course, and Splatoon. Um, I actually picked up um, a new game uh, the other day. I grabbed uh, Mercenary Kings. And, uh... I really like it. I didn't know because I didn't I didn't expect it to be as good as it is, but like I was explaining to you a little bit earlier, you know, it, it's like a a 2D platforming Monster Hunter-esque. It's set up like Monster Hunter, you know, so you're going out, you're collect you're doing quests, you're collecting material and uh, you know, upgrading your guns and your armor and stuff like that. But it's plays like Contra, so you've got enemies that, um, you know, are they're, they're respawning, and uh, so you're trying to take out enemies. Enemies drop materials, um, but it's also a little bit like Metroid, so it's got this. Uh, it, I, for, I've only made it to the first, I guess, like section, but um, so you have this world that you jump into, and it's not strictly left to right it's any direction and uh 
there's different caves and different uh, buildings you can go into and you're running around looking for like crates to shoot open that have extra materials or a health pickup and uh, it's just uh, really fun I mean it's a it's a blast uh, I'm hoping that uh, uh, you and uh, Tony pick it up because you can play online with two to four players and it's i think it would make some of these because i finally got to like the first like i found a boss fight and it is really complicated by yourself it's it's tough because you know you can change your weapon to where you have um it's like a rifle well when you do that you get a bigger clip but the bigger clip lowers the weapons uh the potency it makes it less powerful so i've been using the i found the stuff to build it in or build a shotgun so I've been using a shotgun because when you're running around and gunning, you know, it's a lot easier just to do, you know, one shot and done. But I think, you know, if you got a group of people that were kind of diverse on, like, what type of weapons you're using, it would uh, make some of these boss fights and stuff like that a lot easier to get through. Because it's it's pretty complicated. You know, and, like, the game, the game complexity, it's not like you can change it, but, like, you get a certain amount of minutes to finish these quests so like some quests are 10 minutes some quests are 25 minutes but uh which really adds to the difficulty um i failed quite a few of them just running around looking for what i needed to find and ended up running out of time but um so i've been playing that one and that was pretty fun um what else did i was playing something oh god yes wwe oh it's okay so I, how I, bad is this game i you know i think it would be okay but the loading screens my goodness i mean okay so you load into an area so i was doing the my career type thing and you load into the training area and you can freely walk around the training area whatever there's people to talk to if you talk to a person it goes into a loading screen it's like, this should be preloaded. This should be loaded when you load this area of the game. But anytime you talk to a person, it has to go to a loading screen. Then when the person's done talking, it goes to another loading screen. And then you want to uh, start the little quest or whatever they have, it goes to another loading screen. And then you um, see what you're doing, and it goes to another loading screen. And by the time, I mean, you get into the match or into the ring, it's... I mean, you've gone through five loading screens. You're just, just exhausted yeah, from loading yeah. screens. It's horrible. <laughs> but I was uh, going to ask you to compare that the loading screen times to the ones at the end of each day in Stardew Valley, but it sounds like there's not really a contest there. No, no. Uh, there, I mean, just to, from what I've done, it's been about 45%. Well, no, more than that. I'm saying it's 50% loading screens. Oh my gosh, no, that's so, unplayable. Yeah, and I don't know if it's like that on every console. I don't know if they had to add extra loading, I mean, for the Switch, but I wouldn't imagine. I'd imagine those loading screens are probably on the, the other versions too. Well, it might be smaller wait times. I know that when you play uh, Stardew Valley, for instance, on, on the PC, uh, it's loading time between days is significantly less than it is on the switch yeah. i'm not quite sure why 
Yeah, I don't know. You think that they would have optimized it enough on, you know, like when they're building a game, you think that they could optimize it enough to lower those loading times. Either that or find uni unique ways around it. I don't know so much with Stardew Valley, but like with WWE, they could have come up with unique ways. Like, you know, when you shoot a door in Metroid and it has to, takes a couple seconds for the door to actually open, it's actually loading. Um, so things like that would have made it a little bit better because then you wouldn't be sitting in that damn loading screen. The mm. one plus to the game, the one positive, is the music's great. I like the music in the game. Oh, good. But I've already deleted it from my Switch because I just don't want to play it. <laughs> I just, I don't, I don't like it, um, which is kind of, you know, sucks because I was really uh, hoping to get into a good wrestling game because I haven't played a wrestling game forever. Okay, I'm watching a little bit of... Mercenary Kings on their t Twitter page. There's just like a little gif running of how this really looks fun. Oh, dude, it is. Like, I mean, this might be. I okay. I'll make you guys a deal. I will pick this game up for both you and Tony, just because we have to play this and stream it all together. It's it's fun. I like it. <laughs> I have to look to see. You know, uh, this kind of brings up another topic too. I wish you could, you could gift games on the eShop, which I don't think you can do. Even on the the website, I don't think you can gift games. Maybe. Um. Let's see. What else did I play this week? Um. Oh, I got that insult game. Um. Which one? I got the. I'll tell you. The Hollywood Roast or the yep, Insult yep. Simulator? I got the Hollywood Roast one. Oh, good. And for three dollars, it's actually really good. Like it's I only mean, three dollars. Yeah. Oh. And it was uh, I mean, <laughs> there's a little bit of wait time and a little bit of lag and stuff like that, but it's really cool because you construct sentences, and uh, you're trying to construct, you know, the raunchiest sentence, you know, like you're trying to roast them, and it's cool because you like you have as you're, you know, going through the the little match and it's kind of like a head to head, like they have like health bars, like a fighting game. And, like, if you get a really good one, they'll be, like, taken back, and it'll, like, make a smack noise, and the crowd cheers or whatever. But you build up, like, this comeback bar. So, um, if they, if, like, uh, the opponent gets a good roast on you, you can use a comeback, which is, like, you know, parrying an attack, and you actually get an attack off on them. It's kind of a, it's a cool idea. I really like it. It's kind of funny. Um, it's pretty witty. So I hmm. picked pick that one up and played it um let's see what else um i did pick up so i guess since i was out of town um we went and we did some shopping and i did pick up a few new things this week i did get for actually for my birthday which was when which is february 14th um my brother he trucks over the road so he's going to be gone well, he picked me up um, the neon green and neon pink Joy-Cons. So I did pick these up. I got them. And they look red and green on the screen. But Yeah, they the, do. The pink one is really pink. The neon green one isn't as neon green as I'd like it, but I do like them. They're, they're neat. Um, I want green ones like the color of Luigi. Yeah, that would be cool. So the other thing, too, that I got 
were these, uh, I've been looking at these, and I was looking at them for the PS4 originally, but they're the Turbo Stick, um, oh, the, the, the grips, clip. right? Yep, and they, they clip onto the top, I don't think they fit on, well, they might, they should, maybe, nope, so they don't fit the Pro Controller, but the Pro Controller, I, already ha I feel, has enough movement. Um, but they clip to the top of the thumbstick, and they extend so you can, uh, they extend the, the reach of the joystick so you get more of a, um, you can, you know, uh, more accuracy by having a longer stride in how the joystick actually moves. So, I played around with them a little bit, I used them in Splatoon, and, uh, it did make a little bit of a difference, it made it easier, it, um, to... So you're not getting such jerky movements when you're aiming. I mean, it made the aiming a little bit more smooth. So those are pretty cool. And for $12, I was like, all right, well, they're cheaper than for any other console. So I did pick them up. And then the birthday gift I bought for myself, which was the Me Fighters Amiibo. And they were on sale at Toys R Us for $12 or $15. So I picked them up. Um, for the three pack, though, right? It's yep. not just one. Nope, it's the three pack, and they were on sale for yeah, fifteen bucks. Um, Can't beat another, that. Another funny thing I noticed was I didn't go to game or I didn't go to Best Buy, but the only store in the entire it's I want to, I'll say city, but it's just a, a large town. Um, the only store that had any amiibo was Toys R Us. Target didn't have any. Neither Targets, because there's two Targets and two Walmarts. Neither Target had any. Um, Walmart didn't have any. Even GameStop didn't have any setting out. They had three that were brand new setting out. Then they had, like, they sell them used or whatever. But even the used ones, they didn't have very many. So I, it was kind of, it's kind of strange, because it still feels like Nintendo's pushing a little. They're not, not as hard, but they're still pushing the Amiibo. But, uh... There wasn't very many out and around. I, I know Game or Best Buy usually has quite a few still sitting out, but um, Toys R Us has half an, an half an aisle of just Amiibo, which was pretty cool. And they were decently sale or decently priced. And they had you know like buy two, buy two get one half off. Um, they had a bunch of them that were marked down from twelve dollars to eight dollars. Um, and then they had these three packs. They had the Animal Crossing three pack and the Me Brawler or the Me Fighter 3-pack, and those were both on sale for $15. So um, for as expensive Toys R Us is for, like, everything else, their uh, Amiibo are decently priced. So, um, other yeah, than I don't that, care the video game section at Toys R Us isn't very good. <laughs> really? See, that's the funny thing. Like, in Billings, the Toys R Us has, like, the best setup for their games um, and lots of accessories and all kinds of cool stuff one other thing that i did end up buying i posted this in the discord um it's the uh the atari 2600 flashback so you did end up going ahead and get that i didn't i didn't <laughs> see that so my brother um he, josh was he's 43 and uh he loved the atari like i mean just he can he sat down on the floor in target grabbed the box, sat down on the floor, and flipped it over and was reading all the games that are on it. 
And I was like, oh my goodness, it was so funny because he saw it and just lost himself. It, and um, I ended up picking it up mainly just for him because he likes playing it. So when he comes, um, gets back from, you know, trucking or whatever, he, I'm going to surprise him with that. But there's a lot of uh, Atari games that I haven't played. So that's pretty cool. And I got the, the gold one or whatever. It's the Atari Gold Edition. It has 120 games. And then the the joy or the thumb or the joy joy I want to say Joy-Con. Goodness. The joysticks, they're they're wireless. So that's kind of mm -hmm. cool. Um it was on sale. That one was marked. It was like they had it on the like after Christmas stuff or whatever, because they had some of those Nintendo loot box, mystery box things. Mm -hmm. And then they had like the Sega throwback and they had the Atari throwback and those were marked down to uh, 49 bucks. So I did pick that one up. Um, I had to resist the urge to get the Pikachu 2DS and I did good. I did not buy it. <laughs> I was going to buy it and not tell my wife <laughs> that I bought it. But that, I mean, this was a whole, it was a whole three days of just temptations everywhere. We went to Build-A-Bear because, um, we hadn't gotten Jason a Build-A-Bear in forever. And since he did so well at the, the dentist, we are like, all right, well, we'll go to Build-A-Bear. And I was so hoping he would just shoot straight for the Mario bear or one of the Nintendo ones. Cause I, they have all the starters and then they have the Mario Luigi bear. They had Bowser and Yoshi. Well, he was game for the Mario Bear until he saw uh, Sky from Paw Patrol, and that and was done. So we ended up with a Paw Patrol. Well, I was sitting there staring at the, the Mario ones, and I looked up, and I saw my wife giving me the dude, don't you dare glare, is what I like to call it. <laughs> I was like, all right. We I'm, all know I'm, that stare. I'm a 26-year-old man, and I'm trying to buy teddy bears. Oh, but, I'd have done. Uh, hmm. <laughs> I'd have looked her back in the face and done it. <laughs> <laughs> what are you gonna do? But so it was a pretty good trip. Um, Jason got his teeth fixed, so that's done and over with. But dental prices are freaking ridiculous. Uh, it's crazy. But uh, so that was kind of my extended week in review for myself. So. Uh, Looking over at some of our show notes for the news that's going on, it says uh, Switch has more games than the Wii U did at this point. Um, well, it, it's 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 more than just that though. They have three times as many games on the Switch right now than the Wii U did at the same point in its life. That's crazy. Um, and of course, most of these are going to be. Um, indies there's not a whole lot of first titles just yet on the switch they're they're gonna come though yeah um but that's saying something for nintendo like they really you know opened up their um you know opened the floodgates with third parties and indies and stuff like they took what they did with indies on the wii u and i feel like they really nurtured it with the switch mm -hmm. and it's played out really well for them it, it's um it's really not surprising uh that it, there's more than the wii u though because uh, not that there's ugh, take two. Not that there's a uh, three times as much on the Wii U at the, uh, anyways, because this isn't the only console that they're beating. Yeah, they beat um, both the Xbox One and the PS4 in how many games that they had at the same point in its life. Wow. So I mean, there's just for all the people out there saying there's nothing to play on the Switch, go to the eShop. You only want to find all the games. Right? <laughs> 
because the eShop is hot garbage. But it's uh, it's it's a lot, a lot, a lot of games. Let me see if I can pull up this bar graph. Um, another thing I was gonna look at. So that kind of raises a question with me. How do the numbers on Switch consoles sold stack up against PS4 and Xbox One at this point in their life? Ooh, that's a great question. Wish you had asked me before the show. <laughs> I didn't think that. Um, we know that it's the fastest selling console, so I, I, I kind of have to believe that there's more uh, in the wild already than there was of previous consoles, but that... It's such a subjective term to say that. Uh, let's see. PS4, okay, here we go. PS4, Xbox One versus sales. Those aren't the numbers I'm looking for. Okay, well... There's not a good, like... So I wonder if, dude, and I searched, okay, sorry, I searched PS4 first year sales, and there's nothing. We're about 280 days in, so let's do, we know right now they're sitting right about 14 million. Yep. We can probably just say 15 million at this point, it was almost yeah. 15 million when they released those numbers. So let's do Xbox One sales, 280 days in. So they sold a million consoles their first day. I don't know. Shouldn't that mean that they're the fastest selling console? <laughs> You'd think. But maybe uh, they must have dropped off. Considerably dropped off after that, though. Um, let's see. Opening week. Overall, first 26 weeks. P okay, first 26 weeks, PS4 sold 665,000. Uh, Switch sold one... In the same period, Nintendo Switch sold 1.5 million. In <laughs> Japan. Just in Japan. It took PS4 69 weeks to sell 1.5 million in Japan. But that's not the numbers I'm looking for. Well, so it seems like at this point, Switch is outselling what the other two consoles did in the first year. Nobody will give me legit numbers, but that's what everybody keeps saying. <laughs> I can find lifetime sales. I... This is... This is just intriguing. <laughs> um, the Switch is only 7 million units behind the GameCube right now. That's crazy. Dude, I think I think Switch is going to take uh, the Wii's place as best-selling console. The Xbox One in its 
in its entire life has sold between 20 and 30 million. So, or 25 and 30 million. That's what the so, Xbox One's at right now? Or in yeah. Oh, wow. So, I mean, I think the Switch can sell over 30 million yeah, easily. I think, I think at the end of this next year we'll be over 30. PS4, though, they're they're doing really well. They're, yeah, they're at like 60 70, 70 now? 76.5. Dang. Dang. They haven't caught up to the PlayStation 3 yet, though. The PlayStation 3 sold... Eighty-three point eight million dollar uh, million units in its lifetime. That's crazy. Isn't uh, PS two PS two is the best selling console of all time, isn't it? Uh, you, hmm. I see PlayStation three. Uh, yes. Okay. They sold over one hundred and fifty-five million units. That's crazy. Nintendo DS is. Uh, right behind them was 154 million. Dang. Now I'm looking. I don't see 3DS on. Oh yes, I do. There's uh, 71.99 million 3DSs. Dang. Hmm. So that was our intriguing research. <laughs> yes. Uh, this is how you do show notes yes. during the show. Yes. This is this is our uh, this is our thing. <laughs> so you have uh, to see, uh, inside look at our process <laughs> <laughs> we're like the like the the apple geniuses doing our research here like poking bubbles around everything's moving <laughs> um so the next the next note we got here is a uh, a new crash bandicoot rumored for 2019 but not only on ps4 also on pc and switch is in that rumor yeah so this so, is um this is just a rumor, um, but I think there's a a lot to it. I, I don't think that there's, um, I, I don't think this is a, a hoax per se because basically what happened was is a a insider magazine put the quote out there. The manager uh, quoted saying the new game uh, was a huge. Success. This is the insane trilogy that they put out, mm-hmm. um, and at retail with no marketing spend. Next year it'll be broader. Switch and PC. There will be a new game in 2019. Activision has a five-year plan for this, and uh, GB is delighted to be fully on board for all products. Uh, so the only problem is is that the statement has been taken off of the. Uh, website that it was published on. Really? And Activision is re- declining to comment. Redacted. So usually when that stuff happens, I mean, that usually means somebody hit the hit nail on the head. Yeah, well, my, my first thought was uh, we are we are looking at something that got out before it was supposed to. <laughs> yeah. So this, okay, so is, does Naughty Dog, are they still developing Crash Bandicoot? I think it's um, Activision. Or maybe oh, Activision. Just... What am I thinking? Yeah, Crash Bandicoot was a Naughty Dog game, wasn't it? Hmm. Or was it... Maybe it's not Crash that I'm thinking of. Yeah, Naughty Dog. Okay. So... The series was created 
by Andy Gavin and Jason Rubin during their tenure at Naughty Dog. Alright, so isn't Naughty Dog, aren't they owned by Sony? Yes, but I think Activision bought the rights oh, to the game. Okay. I was going to say, because that's what threw me off when I, read, when I saw you put that in there, was I was like, oh, well, that's weird, because I thought it was a first-party PlayStation game. But that would make sense. I think that'd be cool, though. I haven't played Crash Bandicoot since PS1. <laughs> I haven't. Pl- I didn't play the new one yet, but I think it was received really well. Yeah, it was. It was way more successful than anybody expected it to be. So yeah. You know what? So out of these ver- like these titles, like these types of games or whatever, I want them to bring back Conquer, but I don't think Rare would ever do that. Conquer was just hilarious. Okay, so Naughty Dog only did the first one. Oh, okay. Traveler's Tales um, did The Wrath of Cortex, and Traveler's Tales Oxford did Twin Sanity. Seems like they get a new, uh, a new developer every time. Hmm. Well, that's interesting. Um, are you a big fan of Crash? I loved Crash Bandicoot on the PlayStation back when I was growing up, but I, I like you. I haven't played anything since then. Yo, see, and that's kind of that falls into that same area as like Banjo Kazooie and all those types of games, which I'd love those games um, to come back because I think it's a really you know it's kind of it's a cool it's a cool genre, but um, they need to modernize them i guess i haven't played ukulele yet like i'm kind of like I've, i want to pick it up on switch but i'm afraid that it's going to be one of those that i pick up and i spend too much money on a game that i'm not going to play well tony had a, had a nice talk with uh, jacob yep. rush about that and it got me interested in the game because i actually wasn't even interested in it before that that episode yep see that was me too like it was making me question whether or not i should pick it up um, maybe that'll be one if I get, cause I usually get eShop cards for my birthday. So maybe that'll be one that I pick up one of those. I'd rather spend, uh, free money on that game than my own. Uh, oh, I hear you. Yeah. Um, so the next, oh, uh, actually let's save that one for last. Okay. Um, the next one we got on here is, uh, Xbox One S PUBG bundle is available on February 20. So, yes, have you have PUBG on there? I have PUBG on my computer. Okay, all right. So I do not have it on Xbox One because everybody who's played it on Xbox One has said that it is hot garbage. Exactly. So that was the thing. Like, I wonder have they have you heard anything about any updates or patches? Like, have they improved it or? I I haven't. But here's the thing. I'm really kind of upset that they're doing this. <laughs> and maybe not for the reason that you might expect. Like, I get wanting to put your popular games out on, on a bundle. I really do. But you have it written right on the box. Game Preview Edition version. Yuck. And that, to me, is just unacceptable. You, you are... are ugh, I... 
I don't want to use such strong language. <laughs> There's some really strong language I have to, to, to describe how, how I feel about this. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and say it anyways. You are whoring yourself out for money. Exactly. If you are going to put a bundle together With just because game. you want to put PUBG on the front of the box. And, and it is disgusting to me that you would that you would sell a console off of a game that is not yet completed. So, I don't... Okay, the, PUBG... Oh my god, it's been in beta for freaking ever. It's like, just finish it. Make it. Finish it. <laughs> but, well, it's out, of, it's out of early access. It's out of game preview on the PC as of, like, December 21st. Yep. Uh, but, yeah, no, they... So, this is the other thing, though, that I was thinking. You remember back in the day when you, you know, picked up a, a game console on the back of the box that had pictures of all the different games that, you know, are available on it? Like, I think the most prominent one I had, like, that I remember was the Sega Genesis box. So, mm -hmm. I saved that box just because of, I love, I love that era. Like, okay, they put, you know, these pictures of games on the back of the box. It really, there wasn't a lot of system information, but... It was, you know, look at all these cool games, and there were screenshots from all of them. Why don't they, like, there's nothing on boxes, like, that come on with, like, um, console boxes now. They're kind of blah. So why don't yeah. they take the back of the Xbox One box and put some of their huge titles on it, like Sea of Thieves and uh, um, PUBG and stuff like that. Just put these game, you know, and that would put it on your box. And it would also, you know, you, you're not doing these weird bundles with games that aren't full games yet. <laughs> right, no, and you want to do a bundle for Sea of Thieves? Do that. Yeah. You want to do a heard. bundle for even some of the older games? Uh, See, that's, that's fine. I think, I think bundles are really good for taking games from that came out, you know, last year. All right, well, let's put it in the limelight, make it sell goody. It's like... You know, jump-starting the sales on something again. You're going to get some extra life out of uh, making bundles with, you know, games like that. Where I think if Xbox did a good bundle with something interesting... Like, I like PUBG, but it's not... It's not, you know, nothing that... I, I wouldn't buy it on Xbox. Mainly because I have it on PC. But it's just... I don't know. I think... You know, do a do bundles with games that are gonna make me buy that console because I think if they did a good enough bundle, I would probably pick up an Xbox. But I want like a Halo bundle or something like that. <laughs> yeah, and they had them when when that game came out. Yeah. But yeah, no the 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 big issue for me is that it's still in game preview. You cannot have a bundle with a game that's not even no. finished yet. They're gonna That's... have this. It's a good price. It's a two ninety nine, um, and it's a one terabyte uh, Xbox One S. Oh, that's not bad at all. So yeah, no, it's it's a uh, it's not a bad price for what you're getting. Yeah. Um, and it also gives you a month of Xbox Live and a month what of Game Pass. What do they charge for uh, Xbox Gold now? Uh, sixty dollars a year. 60. Yeah. Um, no, but, you know, bundles can be good, but don't, don't, don't do that. Like, I, I hate these uncomplete games. Like, they're releasing games way too early. I think that they, they should take a book, take a note out of, you know, Miyamoto's book. 
Like, uh, Nintendo's really good at releasing full games. They're finished. They're good. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. And this whole games keep coming out early. And it's, I think, I guess, you know, it plays off of us gamers being gluttons. We want it, and we want it now. And, you know, people end up throwing fits because, well, it's not out yet. They said that it's going to be out, you know. And now they pushed it back. It's like, we have plenty of other things to play. It's like, just calm down. Let them finish it. Let them make an amazing game. And that way you're not playing this broken garbage. And I think that this whole um, early access thing is going to become a thing. And that just makes me sick to my stomach because it's like, I don't want that. But that's why I'm a Nintendo fan. That's why Nintendo's my main slice because I get completed awesome finished games toot toot (laughs) um yeah i'm really i don't like early access at all and and there's i did not uh pick up PUBG for myself until after the game was out of early access yeah see Um, and i didn't know i didn't know anything about PUBG until the day that i bought it um i think tony mentioned it to me and yeah he did it was like july I didn't even, I just got on Steam and, you know, clicked buy or whatever, and I didn't realize that it was still beta. I didn't, I guess, I didn't realize until it loaded that it was still You have to, our... you have to read, Sheldon. You have, you have to read. Well, I know, but you know me, Mike. <laughs> I just do things. <laughs> um, like, ooh, shiny. Exactly. That's how I am. But I did practice very good um, control this week because <laughs> there's a lot of things that I could have bought that I didn't need that I didn't sure, buy. But... There's not a 2DS or a bear inside of your house. Exactly. If it would have been just me, I'd have that awesome 2DS sit in front of me. I'd be hugging a teddy bear right now. But now, so... (laughs) The most interesting one for last. Oh, yeah. Brain-controlled VR games coming this year. Get ready for SAO in real life, y'all. Exactly. This is not a good idea. And this is why the machines and everything are going to take over and destroy us. <laughs> so, this one is kind of interesting, though, um, how they are, how they're doing it. You want to just kind of brief it? Yeah, so basically, this is going to be something that works with uh, the HTC Vive. I believe they said HTC Vive. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, it's going to have, yeah, it's HTC Vive. And it's going to have a, a brain scanning headband equipped with electrodes that pick up neural activity by recording EEG signals. That's, That's uh, out of VRWorld.com. Um, so basically, <laughs> there's a video um, right here, and, and you can see it's like the normal headset. But then there's all these things like on the back of this chick's head, and she's—I don't know. I just have <laughs> something. I have a problem. I think maybe it's just in my head. But since it's about my head, I think I'm allowed. Yeah. Um, the the idea though is that it's going to use your brain to control things instead of you needing other means to control. We finally get to see what it's like to have telekinesis. <laughs> uh, I don't know if I want that though. <laughs> no, I think this is taking it a step too far. Maybe I don't. I don't know. When it comes to stuff like VR and everything, um, 
even like AR, like the Google Glass thing, that just, I don't know, that struck a wrong note with me. I don't, I think it's something that we don't necessarily need. This would be better for, you know, give it to the army, let them play with it. <laughs> there's, I don't know. But there's a lot of people, like, I, VR doesn't even interest me in the least, late, or in the least though. Um, I don't like the idea of VR. Um, I don't like the idea of having to wear a headset. Um, I think games are a social experience. I like having it up on the screen. Um, and I think VR is just, I don't know, it's just not for me, I guess. So I really like VR for experiences, not necessarily for gaming. Mm -hmm. um, there is, I'll have to... I'll have to see if I can find a way to show you this video because there's a video that I posted on Facebook a little over a year ago now. It was like New Year's Eve of 2016. Um, and it was me. I had just gotten a Gear VR mm -hmm. when I upgraded my phone to the S7. Uh, they were running a promotion at the time to get a free Gear VR. And so I had just gotten it in the mail and we're trying it out and there's this one app inside of there called face your fears okay and i have there's some really fun ones in there but i have a humongous fear um uh, irrational in fact fear of of spiders mm -hmm. and they have this scenario in there where you're like tied up underground by these <laughs> giant spiders that's terrifying and so i had Somebody in the house was recording me, and my five-year-old, who was three at the time, um, he is sitting right next to me, just sitting on his phone with his headphones on, and you can see him, he's just so in his own little world, and at one point, this spider comes up from behind, and I, I'm like, where, where am I supposed to be looking when I see it? It's just like really... <laughs> creepily walking up and I'm like oh gosh no 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 <laughs> and it like climbs up over the back and comes down over your face mm. and when it first pops in front of my face I lost every crap that was in me <laughs> <laughs> um and I just start freaking I'm screaming and and uh, my son looks up at me from next to me. I can see he was only three at the time. He looks up at me and goes, it's time to stop. And <laughs> <laughs> I actually, I had to take off the headset and, and compose myself before I could finish. It was, it was really, really funny to watch afterwards. <laughs> um, but this is going to be more of a, a video game. This is uh, going to be something called uh, Awakening. And um, so they're saying that the uh, storyline, again, this is from VRWorld.com. It says, the storyline is quite simple because Awakening serves as a demonstration of Neurable's BCI technology rather than an actual video game with a narrative. I have a problem with this statement because, that, again, to me just sounds like you're not really focusing that much on what a video game is looking for in a game. Yeah. And it's going to end up being an overglorified tech demo. Yep. Uh, I, I really want this to work. I love VR. And, I, I, again, I don't play the video games as much as I just like the experiences. 
So that might be something that I'm interested in for a few minutes. But I, I want them to have a video game. If they're going to do this, I want them to have a video game that actually will work as a video game. Yeah. Um, I don't know, like... See, I like the idea of, like, experiences with VR. Because we got one of those, like, where you clip your phone in once, yeah. too. And there's some really fun stuff, like, especially for, like, the horror genre. Um, yeah. We did this one that was, uh, I can't remember the name of it, but it was, like, it was terrifying. Like, it really adds that, just that, that atmosphere. And I think it would be really cool to have a VR, you know, like, let's say Amazon makes a VR, okay? That has, like, you know, like, the, um, the like, the Chromecast thing or the Amazon Fire Stick or whatever. Do a, like, a VR headset that has, um you know access to your movie your media like that would be really cool to be able to just you know sit there like at night when we're laying in bed and i don't want to wake my kid up i can just put the headset on with the earphones in and lay there and watch a movie like i think that would be really cool but as far as games go i just i don't uh i don't uh feel like there's enough they can do with games Right, at this point, I don't feel there's enough they can do with games and VR. Like, they need to stop taking first-person genre games because it doesn't work with everyone and make more, like, spend more time doing things that, uh, making a new genre-ish game that is just VR-focused. Um, there were some of those games that came out with, uh, the PSVR that looked, mm -hmm. like, I mean, like, are really tempting for me to pick it up. But uh, I don't want to buy the VR headset and stuff. But, uh, like, there was one, it was like this office simulator kind of thing. I forgot mm -hmm. what it was called, but that, that kind of stuff's really cool for me. Like, I think that's really neat. But eventually, once the price point comes down for, like, I think, I, I mean, I don't have a computer that's going to be powerful enough to run VR. So I think PSVR would be my best entry point for it. But, uh, at that point, you know, where the price comes down, everything's a little bit more affordable, I'll probably pick it up just to play with it, especially for, like, movies and stuff like that, because that would just be kind of cool. Besides the mm -hmm. fact that you got to be plugged into it with a bunch of cords. Um, but, I don't know, this whole brain control thing, it's kind of, it's a cool idea, but I think it's taking it a step too far. <laughs> I just want them to, to really... I don't know if it's taking a step too far, because I think in 50 years, it's going to be so commonplace that we're yeah. going to sound like old fuddy-duddies for having ever said this. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, if we're alive in 50 years, we will be old fuddy-duddies. So. We will. <laughs> um, People will be living on Mars and playing their brain-controlled games at that point. We'll be sitting on our respective porches going, I remember when. <laughs> I remember when we didn't think we'd ever go to Mars. I remember when I had a cord on my controller. <laughs> <laughs> so you mean you actually had to use your hands? <laughs> yeah, kid. <laughs> <laughs> use your hands. <laughs> this is what our elders say when we say that we don't want to get up to turn the TV channel. <laughs> but, uh... Yeah, so that's kind of uh, the news. I guess I have one other thing to add to the news. I saw a picture that somebody took. I saw it on Twitter, and it was a 
Nintendo Switch Pokemon placeholder sitting on the oh. shelves. You know, like how they'll put like the uh, new games coming out, they'll have just like the little empty boxes and everything sitting out. Like they'll yeah. have rows of them or whatever. So there was there was one of those that had a, a po it just said Pokemon Switch is all it said. It was a black box. And uh, I thought that was kind of weird that that happened, but it has not been talked about really at all by Nintendo or Pokemon Company. So I wonder why they uh, purchased placeholders for a game that hasn't been talked about yet. Like, it seems like they maybe did it themselves. Like, maybe GameStop just put it out. I don't know if it's it was like a, a scam to... Because I guess they weren't the whoever it was that posted it said they weren't selling pre-orders. It was just on the shelf. Just there was nothing about it, and you couldn't do anything with it. But so that was kind of mm. strange, and just a little bit of a side note there. Did you retweet that on Twitter? Um, I might have. <laughs> hmm. I'll have to look. I think I have it in my likes, in my liked whatchamacallits. But like right oh, that's now, okay. my, yeah, my uh. My phone is uh, on the fritz, and I'm waiting for my... So I called Verizon. Okay, so this is a fun thing. <clears throat> Back, um, I think it was the fourth episode, second second or fourth episode of Quest for Pixels Conversations. Me and Tony... Tech episode, that was, was episode two. Yes, okay. So me and Tony did a head-to-head -head cage match about uh, um, either you know the new iPhone X or 8 or whatever the hell it was. And the Galaxy Note 8. And um, I had him convince me on which one I should pick up. And we ended up saying the Galaxy Note. Well, um, I did that plan where you pay your phone off per each bill or whatever for the iPhone. Yeah. And uh, I got an um, uh, email on Monday saying that I was um, $40 away from my eligible upgrade. So I was like, oh, cool. Um, so I jumped on and did that. And I ended up getting the Note 8, and it was supposed to be here today when I got home, and I got home, and it wasn't here, and I was so upset, <laughs> and uh, so I ended up calling and getting, talking to Verizon, and wow, they push stuff, like, selling, trying to sell you more crap than you need. Like they're oh, like, yeah. oh well, you bought the Note 8, so now you're, you're, you're you know, you're eligible for this, for this tablet that... We can sell you the tablet for $79 and then we'll just put it on, you know, because then it'll be connected to your network. And I was like, all right, so you want me to spend 80 extra dollars on a tablet I don't need and then charge me another th whatever it is, $25 to add another line to my plan. And I already pay 180 bucks a month for my cell phone plan. No, no, thank you. Well, you see, you, you, you'll probably end up buying another a tablet some point. And I was like, who are you to assume I'm going to buy a tablet? But, uh, no, so I did order that. That they uh, The nice thing is, though, since their system screwed up, um, they waived overnight shipping fee, and they, they overnighted oh, cool. it to me. So that was pretty cool. But I ended up getting that, which I'm excited to see. It's got a kickstand. <laughs> it's huge. But, uh, no, so I picked that up see any other newsy things i don't even know how that started you just thought of it okay so <laughs> you, you were talking about pokemon you... oh yeah yeah pokemon <laughs> to samsung galaxies but uh 
Anyways. Literally uh, mid-sentence just went, oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so I guess we can get into our, uh, our topic. We'll roll over yes. that direction. So I read an article when I was going through some of our new stuff for the podcast. I saw this article. I don't remember what website it was, but let's say you didn't put the article in the show notes. Yeah, I should have. I forgot. <laughs> um, it was uh, titled, you know, the one thing wrong with Switch, <clears throat> and he kind of uh, tiptoed around it, and he didn't really f- make a good point. So he said in the article, the main problem with Switch is the pricing on games. Mainly, what he was referring to were the games that were ported over and put on Switch, and, well, it's $10 more on the Switch than it is on the PS4 or the Xbox One. So, my idea on this is, it's a, it is a brand new console. The, and if you look back at all the consoles, yeah, the first year... You didn't have a lot of games that came out that were sale price or lower than normal price. It's You're getting this game on Switch, so yeah, you're going to pay more because they just did the work on it to port it. I don't think people think about that. Like with some of these games that, like L.A. Noir, that one, okay, yeah, sure, it's an old game. But they just had to go through a, a development process have that developed for switch and they did that one's cool because they did add some stuff like touchscreen and stuff like that so they did add features plus it was ported and that all cost money i think you know a full price for it may be stretching it but it's a brand new console the games that get brought over are going to be 60 dollars games and the other thing he was complaining about were nintendo games okay well they ported mario kart 8 they don't care. Nintendo games are always going to be $60. They're going to be full price games because Nintendo does not devalue themselves. And that's where that's where a lot of it comes from. They don't want to devalue their their uh, IP, which is kind of a understandable, but at the same time it's like, all right, well, you know, this game shouldn't be a $60 game. Especially, mm-hmm. like you said before we started recording, one to switch. That is not a full, full, featured game at all. It is a tech demo to say the least, and uh, that I can understand. Um, some of the stuff on the eShop, I think, is funny. I don't understand why some of these games that are free on your iPhone. These people brought it over, and they want $15 for an iPhone. That I can understand. But our third-party and first-party games that are being ported, that you're not going to get those for cheaper. They're ported. They're on a new console. It might be an old game, but the development went into it, and uh, these aren't small games. They're not iPhone games. They're big games. So, you know, it had to go through a process to be ported over. So you're going to pay full price for it. And I don't, I mean, expect, I don't come into a new console in the first year expecting anything to be cheap because it's a new console. But anyways, that, that's kind of my idea on that or my, my take. Um, I wish I would have put the article there for you to read, but w- w- how do you feel about pricing? Here, here's the problem for me is developing a new game is 
incredibly more expensive yep. than porting a game. Yep. And and so I, I do take some issue with things like Donkey Kong Country, which you can buy for twenty dollars on the Wii U, yep. being a sixty dollar port on the Switch. Yep. I, I do take an issue with um, LA Noir being a sixty dollar game on the Switch when they just had it in a humble bundle recently and you could get it for twelve bucks. Yeah. And I'm not saying it, it, it has to be a $20 game. I'm not saying it has to be a $12 game. But my point is, I don't think it's necessarily a $60 game either. No. If it's a port from another system, maybe a $40 game. Well, see, that's what I was going to say. So I feel like, and I'm not justifying their games being expensive. I'm just saying, you know, they're, these games, like if you look at the beginning of the PS4, there was ports that were full price on the PS4. I yep. mean, there was games that were garbage that were full price, just like one two switch. Knack, I don't care who you are. Knack's not I, I guess it's whatever it's not good. It's not a sixty dollar game. I don't feel that uh that weird ragdoll one, um I don't even know the name of it. It's like that little like he looks like a um like a little ragdoll uh side scrolling platforming type game. I can't think of the name of it. Anyways, it was uh, that came out on um, PS3 at the beginning, and that was a full price game. Some of these games, they're not; they're just they're in the same category as One Two Switch, and everybody else does it. And I guess they get away with it, but I don't know people. And I don't; maybe they don't because I don't pay close attention to the news on the other consoles. <laughs> but um, anyways, with ports, I think ports should be if you're these third-party ports, okay? So third-party games and first-party. If it is ported, I think those should be twenty nine ninety nine. I think half price is a good price model for ported games. And actually, I think they'd make more money too because I'd have picked up L.A. Noir for for thirty dollars. Yeah, totally. I think that that's like I said, that's a great entry point yeah. for some of these ported games. You're going to get a lot more customers if you're willing to be competitive with your prices. It's yep. just the way the market works. See, and <clears throat> the one game that, I mean, the one game I feel like it is totally worth $60, even though it is a port and it's an old game, was Skyrim. I I, I mean, Skyrim is uh, an amazing see, I bought, game. I bought Skyrim for my computer for 5 bucks. See, and, and that's... <laughs> well, okay, PC needs to be thrown out because... That that can't compete with like console console gaming can't compete with PC. There's no better deals than PC games. You're absolutely right about that, but there's no reason why they shouldn't be able to compete competitively with digital at least games. Well, see, and that's the other thing though is if I don't I don't understand why digital games on the eShop or the PS PlayStation Store or Xbox Store why digital games are the same price as the retail copy. Well, and they aren't always. Uh, Tetris for the Switch mm -hmm. and Axiom Verge and Rocket League are all more expensive if you buy the physical copies. Yeah. Which is good. Like, they need to be cheaper on the eShop. But even Nintendo games, I think Nintendo games, if you purchase them on the eShop, if it's a $69 or, 60 or $59 game, I think it should be $49 on the eShop. Sure. Because you're not paying for shelf space. It literally cost them nothing. 
Yeah, no, they and they're, they're not. When you buy a game at GameStop, Nintendo doesn't get sixty dollars out of that no. purchase. They get uh, whatever it costs to make the physical game. That gets subtracted from the sixty dollars, which isn't that much, honestly. It's maybe no. two or three dollars for to actually make the video game. Yeah. Um, and then they have to ship it somewhere. That's going to cost some money. Yeah. And then uh, GameStop is going to want their cut. Yep. So, I mean, you're talking maybe $45, $50 that they're going to get for a physical copy of a game that they'll sell for the same price digitally. Where and they'll they get make. the whole $60. Exactly. So, you know, if... If they look at if they looked at that and said, "All right, so if we take that ten dollars off the top of it, you know, we're still making the same amount of money. Plus, we're giving, you know, we're acknowledging that our customers are, you know, they want people to buy. It seems like Nintendo's really pushing, you know, uh, digital purchasing, and you know what, make your games ten bucks cheaper on the eShop, and I'd buy everything uh, digitally at that point. Mm -hmm. But." No, I just thought it was, it's kind of a neat uh, idea, I guess, that people, and, like, I, I really need to, like, maybe go back and read some articles and stuff from the launch of the other two consoles and see what people's, you know, feelings were there and see what, you know, some of the pricing did. Um, I don't know that Nintendo will ever, it's, at least for first-party games, I don't know if they'll ever bring those prices down. Oh, no, of course they won't. You can't even buy um, older Mario games for no, cheaper. Dude, okay, so at Walmart today, they still have the Super Mario... It was the Wii game, the Super Mario All-Stars. Yeah. It's still marked for $49 at Walmart. Okay, in my Walmart, that's like $30, but yeah. still. It's so... not... Should that's be, that should be a select by now. That shouldn't probably even be on shelves anymore at this point. But it must just—I mean, that just goes to show how powerful the Wii was. I mean, that they still have Wii yeah. games on the shelves. Yeah, you but, can uh, still buy Wii games at the Walmart here too. Mm -hmm. But I mean, they just Nintendo will never devalue their games, which is sad because I wish you know because they're not made of money. I wish that the games were more affordable. Um, but they're still selling Star Fox Zero for sixty bucks at that Walmart. That game isn't worth five. I mean, I love Star Fox. <laughs> I love Star Fox, but the freaking motion controls in that ruined it. <laughs> yeah, I had a hard time play. I played I through to it. the end of the story. I couldn't even make it that far. Like I had such a hard time with the motion controls and trying to steer. That I couldn't play. It was broken for me personally. I could not play it. But it, it, was, it wasn't worth sixty dollars at launch. It sure isn't worth sixty dollars now. I like the I like the uh, Five Nights at Freddy's or the Five Nights at Miyamoto's uh, Star Fox take with Slippy. Right. Oh, the uh, uh, Star Fox Guard. Yep, I thought that was really cool. I didn't even play that. I had uh, GameFly at the time. That's how I played oh, Star nice. Fox. Was I just picked it up from GameFly? Do, I thought, do you still use GameFly? Nope, no. it got too expensive, what and I wasn't playing the that? games. Um, we had the two-game plan for like 23 a month, and then we weren't using 
at least one of the games regularly. So yeah. we went down to the one game a month, and that was still like 17 bucks. Oh, jeez. And I was like, I just can't justify this because if I keep a game for a long time, it's going to end up being more <laughs> cost-effective to have just bought the game. Yeah. So, I guess, uh, do you have anything else to throw in there on that, that topic? I, I just wanted to add this, and that is, I don't want to be upset with people who are going to go after the the launch window pricing on a game console. But I want it to be more equal. If it isn't being representative of the whole industry, because it is the whole industry that has this problem. Mm-hmm. But if it, if the criticism is only being directed at Nintendo, that's where the problem is. Yeah. Yeah, go after Nintendo if they're oh, not yeah. pricing their games. And go after the indie developers that, if they're not pricing their games at a at a fair price point for the Switch. But when you see the new Microsoft consoles come out or the new Sony console come out, go after them too. Exactly. Like, and there I is think... no reason why we can't compete with PC pricing. Well, yeah. I mean, I, you have a point there. Like, you know, we need to... Um, criticize where criticism is deserved and pricing models on console games as a whole needs to be reworked Um, because just like you know well PC things are so affordable on the PC that I wish I had an even more capable PC because I feel there's a lot other games that I, I would play but I mean my PC isn't the most powerful thing in the world right now where it used to be but Um, you know, I can't run a lot of games on my PC, but just the fact that a lot of them are, you know, like the controller support and stuff with Steam, I love that. Like, I played, uh, um, Cuphead. I played a lot of it on my PC because I had the ability to use the controller, but I think that, um, things like what we were talking about with PUBG, that's hurting this argument too. That is not a finished game at all, and you're selling it. I mean, I understand it's going to be updated. Yeah, I understand that. Oh well, you'll get the the update and free and blah blah blah. No, that's it's still. You know what? It's an early access game. Charge early access for it then, if that's what you want to do. Which I don't think is a good move for the industry at all because uh, there's uh, you get a first impression. And even if at a later date it gets updated, people are still going to remember that it was garbage to begin with. And yep. that's going to hurt sales of a lot of games. Yeah, Mega Dads was actually talking, um, not on the most recent podcast, but on the one before, uh, about PUBG on the Xbox. And they, they said that they, were, they, they couldn't play it for the most part. And so they were just going to stick with Fortnite. The yeah. game that literally said in their press release they were ripping off PUBG. <laughs> exactly. Well, and the the online for Fortnite's free. Yeah. Or I, maybe it's not anymore, but it was free to begin. Like, the Battle Royale mode was free. You didn't have to pay for it, which yeah. was crazy because it's a full-featured Battle Royale, you know, type game. Um, <clears throat> No, but I think that um, people need to be you know, more harsh on the consoles and the companies on on the pricing because I think, like we were talking about eShop prices, those should be lower. I mean, but it sucks because I don't want to not buy the games that I want <laughs> because I want them. Um, See, and this is, this is where the big problem is, that the consumer, uh, we as consumers are the problem. Exactly. Because we, we have... Enable. 
millions of people that bought the early access copy of PUBG. We have millions of people who will go out and buy broken games knowing full well, well that there's going to be a day one patch and it might still be broken. And people are going to go out and they're going to buy Donkey Kong Tropical Freeze for $60 again on the Switch. And I, I'm skipping on it because I have it on Wii U. And the, what they added doesn't seem like they added much to it. So, And it's a harder-than-hell game. And to be honest, I'm not a huge Donkey Kong fan anymore. So, But there's still going to be all these people that do it, and that enables them. Yeah. I mean, it's kind of mm -hmm. like the same thing at my job. Um, they uh, had moved and laid off two people that were covering a certain area. So, like, we have what's called water flood wells and, you know, just our regular production wells. Well, they had laid these two people off, so that lost our water f flood route. And now we do it, so we have not only our main facilities, plus we have the water facilities, and we did it. And it's been six months, and now they're never going to hire those people back because, oh, well, you can handle it. You have for the last six months. Same thing with video games. Well, we released it, and people bought it, so we're never going to lower the price. People still came out and bought it, and I don't yep. know. That's exactly right. It's, we have to show, as consumers, we have to show the video game developers and publishers that that we will not tolerate yeah. uh, price gouging. And until until we, as a as a society of video game, you know, consumers, until we get to that place where, as a group, we are rejecting, you know, bad industry practices, they yeah. will they will continue. Well, and. You know, it's such a hard, it, it's, like I said earlier, you know, these games come out and they're overpriced, but there's a lot of people that still want to play that game. So they're going to yeah. swallow it and they're going to pay $30 more for a game that it's, then it's worth. And it's, it's, it's hard to get, you know, enough of an, uh, of a effect from the consumers mm -hmm. when, you know, as video game um, fans, we've became gluttons. We want yep. we want this, and we want it now. And at a lot of points, there's people that you know are they're like whales on the e or the iPhone games and stuff. You know, they're just gonna buy it because well, it's there, and there's nothing that I can do to make that price lower. So, but I guess the one way to combat it that I've been taking more advantage of is um, waiting for sales. Um, yep. When there's sales on games, then, you know, that's that's when I'll pick it up. But, so, that's the topic. Um, we can move into some of our shout-outs and stuff. Yeah, um, so go ahead, and, and, and we have some really big news uh, today, guys. Awesome. Um, and so, I'm going to let you talk about that in our community shout-out section. Alright, so... And I'll pick up after that. Um... As everybody knows, you know, you have, uh, with your podcast, you have to go through a hosting service. And currently we're using Podbean, but uh, we got a offer extended to us by Mr. Gary Gray from uh, Topic Nintendo on a project that he was working on. And he had asked us how we felt about moving our podcast hosting over to his, his project that he was working on at the time. Um, Last week, he announced this. Um, uh, last Thursday, he announced that uh, their project that they were working on is the Nintendo Village. 
And uh, this is a website. If you go to the nintendovillage.com, you'll see it's a um, uh, community. How do I want to say this? Like a. Uh, um, uh, what word am I looking for? Um, like a community driven news site uh, where everybody that's working with Gary, you know, everybody's kind of making some content. Um, aside from what they already are working on. So like we have quest for pixels, but we're also going to do, you know, some, some, uh, some content, whether it's written articles or videos or something, you know, we'll do that on the Nintendo village front. So we are, um, in the process of moving our podcast hosting over to the Nintendo village. Also we'll be doing, um, videos and some written, you know, opinion pieces and, uh, review game reviews and stuff like that so we'll be um putting content on their uh the nintendo village site as well so that's really exciting there's a lot of great people that are over there already um go ahead and make sure you check it out there'll be a link in uh, all the descriptions whether it's the podcast or uh, on youtube i'll put a link to the nintendo village down there but uh if it's something that you uh if you're you know a content creator or whatever i know gary is uh kind of open if you would like to you know contribute so that's a really cool thing um the website is beautiful it has a lot of good content on it and we're really excited for quest for pixels to be a part of the nintendo village cool what else have we got going on this week well it's our last week for this amazon gift card giveaway next wednesday is the deadline right the 14th yep so make sure you head over to our Twitter page at Quest the Number Four Pixels. The pin tweet has all the details on how you can enter to win. Make sure that you enter uh, following our, our pages, whether it be YouTube or Twitch or Twitter or, or Facebook or, or uh, whatever you, you you do. Do it through the contest because that way you get entries into the contest. Mm -hmm. uh, Twitch has the option to subscribe if yes. you subscribe on twitch then you get through the contest do it through the contest you get a thousand entries into the contest and we're going to be giving away 75 dollars of amazon uh credit and this is the cool thing about the subscription on twitch <clears throat> everybody uses amazon and if you have an amazon prime account you get which <clears throat> which is a uh, twitch prime is a part of Amazon Prime. So you're not paying anything extra. If you go over to Twitch, link your Amazon Prime account to your Twitch account, and that will give you a free monthly subscription to any channel of your choosing. So you can get a thousand point entry into our contest for free if you already have an Amazon Prime account. Just go over to Twitch, link it, and then follow us there and uh, Make sure you use, after you link your account, make sure you use the uh, the link to the contest to follow. Anything you do, even um, if you're retweeting us or whatever, just use that link and, you know, use the retweet. You're going to get extra points for that. Um, you know, for this last week, get as many, you know, entries into this as you can. We're really excited to uh, to announce the, the winner. So that will all be done and everything on uh, I'll probably do it Thursday. We will announce the winner. Cool. And then, um, 
you can help uh, the podcast and the stream out by using the Amazon link in the description. Yeah. Uh, so if you're going to do any kind of uh, shopping on Amazon, use that link. That we just get a small little bit from the, from you doing that, and a quick it's something thing. that you don't have to do any extra. A quick thing on the link too is that link will take you to the Amazon Nintendo Switch page. It doesn't mean you have to buy it. It just it, that's just the landing page for our link. So if you use that link, you can just you know go ahead and search what you're looking for to buy or whatever. It doesn't matter what you pay purchase, whether it's games or groceries. Um, all of that just comes back. You know we get a little bit there that that helps us and. You know, a lot of this, you know, podcasting stuff, we're doing this because we have a love for video games, of course, right, Mike? Of course. But we do put a lot of our personal time into streaming and getting all that kind of stuff set up. Um, there's a lot of production that goes into getting the podcast put together. Um, and also some of these, you know, newer video series that we're working on, those take time. And, uh, you know, it's kind of nice to get a little bit of a kickback. And if you enjoy us, you know, that, that little bit of support really uh we really really appreciate all that another thing too um another way if you are looking for a computer chair the uh op seat is one of the most comfortable chairs i literally have ever sat in i mean it is in competition with my lazy boy recliner <laughs> um but if you're looking for a new computer chair you can use the link in our description to head over to op seat um, they are affordable, they are uh, comfortable, and they look awesome, of course. I'm sitting in one right now, but you can use the offer code Q4P, and that's going to take 10 bucks off your order. So that's another place you can head over to. Cool. Make sure you subscribe and follow us on, on YouTube and Twitch for new episodes. You can also... Uh, Find audio versions on iTunes, Google Play, and Stitcher. And leave us a written review, even yeah. if it's a bad one. Exactly. I'm going to read it. I don't care what you write. I hope it's good. And we'll really appreciate the good. But if you have something bad to say about us, I'll read it. And we'll consider what you have to say there, too. We got thick skin. We can handle it. <laughs> Send your hate mail. <laughs> so, uh... You can follow Quest for Pixels on Twitter, Quest the number four pixels. You can follow us on, or actually you can go to uh, Facebook, which is facebook.com slash quest the number four pixels. Check out our Facebook page. There's a community, which is Quest for Pixels party chat. You can uh, jump in there and chat with us. Um, we have a link to the Discord in the description. The Discord's growing and... Uh, a lot of awesome people over there that have, you know joined us and been in the streams and everybody's chatting on Discord and it's that's been a lot of fun. Um, yep. If you like Instagram, we're on Instagram. Quest the number four pixels. I don't use it much, but we're there. Um, yeah, so that's you know you can find us everywhere. You can check out the Quest for Pixels website, which is uh, starting to come together a little bit. It's uh, Quest the number four pixels .com. And that'll kind of be a hub for everything alongside the Nintendo Village where a lot of our content will be over there as well. So you'll be able to kind of find us everywhere. Cool. And then you can follow us on our personal Twitter pages. Uh, mine is at MikeBC1985. And uh, mine is at Nintenshell, spelled just how it sounds. And, one L. Uh, one L. 
<laughs> not two L's. I guess that that's it. Yeah, N I N T E N S H E L. Nintendo. <laughs> on the screen if you're watching. <laughs> All right. Yeah. Make sure you know if you're watching this on YouTube, click the like button. Um, likes help us get discovered. If you haven't, make sure you subscribe. Go through the link for the giveaway to subscribe. Um, yeah, and share this with a friend. Uh, you have somebody that listens to gaming podcasts. Uh, you know, share our show with them, and that would be great. That's how we grow. Uh, word of mouth is the best advertisement there is. So, and of course, before we go, make sure you join us on Friday nights for Mario Kart. Saturday nights for Splatoon 2 and Sunday nights for the Mario Kart tournament. And I've got nothing planned except for video games this week. I have nothing else going on. So I will be in each of them streams and we're going to be having a blast. Awesome. So that is going to do it for this episode of Quest for Pixels. Episode 21 uh, in the books. Episode 21. Dude, we're getting close to half a year. That's crazy. <laughs> this is episode four for me, guys. Just for... <laughs> <laughs> but you've been there since day one, Mike. I really have. You were by curiously a pixel to begin with. <laughs> so yeah, we are gonna jump out of here. Thank you guys for listening. Make sure you tune in next week. Bye. Bye. Bye.